Welcome to the Equip and Encourage Podcast. My heart and prayer is to be an encouragement to you in your pursuit of Jesus and to equip you in the advancement of His kingdom. If you'd like to connect with me further, head on over to my website at pastorjoshleadership.com. Well, hey, I want to talk about belonging to the family of God today. One of the reasons Jesus came is to show us the Father, and I think that's critical. I want to talk about that in just a few moments, but before we get into that today, I want to talk about this week's equipping session. So before I get into this week's equipping session, I want to kind of open this up. For you guys that have a tool or a trick or something that you're doing that's really helping you, that is enhancing your life, I would love for you to send me suggestions. And in the past, we've done this. People have sent me emails. Um, but what I've done today is I have a voice memo from a friend of mine, and uh, he's talking about Get Datebox. And I'm going to talk about Datebox uh, just here in a moment. But what we're doing is I'm asking you guys to just submit to me a voice memo. Uh, you can send that through any of your messaging devices there. Send me an email with a voicemail at Brown at Gmail. And I would love to share that with the Equip and Encourage Nation and uh, just get that out there to let people know what's working for you and helping you. Maybe there's some things that I can use. Well, this week... We're going to be highlighting Datebox, and this is my friend, Ian Smith. Hey, it's Ian. I just wanted to give you kind of a brief review on Datebox. Uh, Sarah and I used it for probably six or seven months um, before we started planning out just traditional dates, but it's pretty awesome because our schedules are insane. Um, I work 50 plus hours a week. She works, goes to the gym, takes care of Kenley. Um, plus everything we do uh, with Overflow and then my school on top of that. Um, but it's really cool because it just gives us the ability to have a, a way to get together, you know, once a month, uh, make each other a priority um, at home uh, so we don't necessarily have to get a sitter and all that stuff like that. And what's cool is they also send out local dates um, so you can go out and venture off to some new businesses and check that out and, um, you know, just be meaningful and purposeful in getting to spend some quality time with each other and um, know that, hey, Datebox has got us on a date. Well, there you go. That's getdatebox.com. It's a subscription service. Go check it out. I've heard a lot of great things from Ian, and uh, I think that might be of useful for those of you that are married. Well, hey, I want to share with you today one of the reasons why Jesus came. There's a number of reasons why Jesus came, but one of the reasons that Jesus came was to reveal uh, reveal to us the Father, what God is like. Many times we say, well, what, what is God like? Well, you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. And so Jesus says this in John chapter 1, verse 16, from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. So Moses gave us the law. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son is himself God and is near the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. What does God look like? God looks like Jesus What does God the Father act like? The Father acts like Jesus. See, Jesus came to show us what God is like. In John chapter 13 through 17, there's this portion of scripture that we call 
the upper room discourse. Uh, this is where uh, Jesus had the Last Supper with his disciples. Uh, they're fellowshipping, they're feasting, they're washing each other's feet. And it says this in John chapter 14, verse 1. Jesus says this. Don't. He's talking about he's about to go away. His disciples are kind of freaking out about it. And he says this. He's, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If there were, this were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. And then Thomas interrupts Jesus. So Jesus is like, I'm going away. It's good I'm going away. I'm preparing a place for you. You're going to come. I'm going to come back and get you. And then Thomas interrupts and he's like, Lord, we don't know the way. We have no idea where you're going. Now, where, where is Jesus talking about? Well, obviously, Jesus is talking about heaven. Now, in the King James Version, it uses this word, mansions. It says, it says, in my father's house are many mansions. And there's a lot of folklore that, and, and assumptions that people have made about that, that when we get to heaven, we're going to have, you know, this, this, uh, we're all going to have our own mansion. We're going to have our own Maserati. We're going to have our own, you know, uh, set up there in heaven. It's just going to be kind of whatever we want it to be. But really that's a misunderstanding about what Jesus is saying here. Uh, the, the word that he uses is many words or many rooms or a place. Uh, the word in the Greek is monet, and that means a permanent dwelling place. Now, understand that when the people wrote the King James Version, uh, a the most elaborate structure that they could think of at the time was a mansion. It was the only like stable thing that would last a long time. The only structure they could think of that would endure the ages would be a mansion. So that's why they chose to use that word in the King James Version. And most modern translations will use a word like I've prepared a place for you or a room for you. Why? Well, because when we come into the kingdom of God, we're coming to be a part of God's family. We're coming to be a part of God's house, not to have our own independent thing. I think that's a very Western mindset. Uh, that word Monet actually comes from the other Greek word, uh, Mino, which means to abide or remain. When Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you, um, Jesus is talking about a place of dwelling, a dwelling place. So Jesus is speaking. I, I think we've taken that a little bit too far sometimes in, in what we want heaven to be. Uh, beloved, let me tell you. Heaven will be much better than you have in your own place. So don't minimize heaven uh, to something materialistic. It's way better than that. Don't don't limit the most glorious of spaces to to a materialistic worldly mindset. You know we have all these weird things about heaven. You know people become angels when they die and they're looking over us. Listen, heaven is a place where. God the Father is revealed in his full glory. This is where Jesus is there, the burning man with fire in his eyes that's burning bright for us, who's passionate for us. We will see this. Listen, we will not be caught up with the affairs of the earth when we go to heaven. We will be so locked into a gaze. A, a moment in heaven is like a million years on the earth. We are going to be so fascinated by the beauty of God. We will, we will be, our automatic response will be worse and total fascination. So don't be so caught up that, you know, that it's going to be really about you and all that you've earned. I know that all those things sound nice, but the reality is 
is the place that Jesus is going is Jesus is going to heaven where the Father is. This is what he's talking about in John chapter 14, that Jesus is going to the place where the Father is. See, heaven is more than a place in the cosmos. It's a place in the family. That's why he says, in my Father's house. You're coming to the house of the Father. You're coming to a place of belonging. And not just belonging like we experience human belonging. We actually will feel the fullness of eternal belonging with God. Uh, I love the way C.S. Lewis says it in Mere Christianity. He said, the Son of God... Uh, became a man to enable men to become sons of God. So we get to go to heaven and experience the fullness of this thing being called children of God. So home, when we talk about home, which is what we go to when we die, which we find whenever we belong to God now. Home is not a place in the cosmos. It's it's a people that we belong to. It's not a place we go to. It's a people we belong to. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19, it says, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. You are part of God's house. And it's so encouraging to know that being part of God's house means that you have refrigerator rights, that everything that's in the house belongs to you. Everything that belongs to the kingdom of God belongs to you because you're a member of his family. So just to break that down a little bit for you, then Paul, uh, then Thomas says this, he says, Lord, we don't know the way we don't know how to get there. You're talking about, you know, this, this place and with, with the father to go be with the father. You're talking about, that's where you're going. But, but you said, we know the way we don't know the way. And then Jesus tells him this, and this is the, the famous passage here in, in verse six, Jesus says, I am the way Thomas, listen, I am the way I am the truth. I am the life. And then he says this, no one can come to the father except through me. Now, now understand, we don't get to heaven without Jesus, but Jesus is saying this, you don't get to the father except through me. See, Jesus came to show us the way to the father, where the father is. So when we look at this, let's not, let's not miss the relational element. So many times we look at that and we say, yeah, man, you can't go to heaven without Jesus. He's the way, the truth and life. Yes, absolutely. The way, the truth, the life, not a way, a truth or a life, the way, the truth and the life. And, but listen, it's not just to heaven. It's not just the place in the cosmos. It's the position in the family because it says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father, except through me. So when we come to Jesus, we're brought into connection with who? The Father. Not just God, the the God of the cosmos. We love that. We love that. The God that created everything, who cares for us. We love that, that we're brought into that. But we're coming to a Father. He is a Father in our life. And sometimes we look through the lens of an earthly father And no matter how great our earthly father is, he has failed in comparison to our heavenly father. So understand this, that Jesus came to bring the way, the truth, the life to the father. And listen, uh, I would encourage you to get into that passage. I'm not going to take talk about it a lot today because they're like, Lord, we haven't seen him. And Jesus is like, if you've seen me. You've seen the Father. He says that in verse 9 right there. So listen, Jesus is the way to the Father, to the Father, and he's bringing us into a relationship. And first of all, that is a really radical statement. In fact, it's the most controversial thing that Jesus ever said is that I'm the way. And uh, so Jesus is also using the word I am, which is belongs to God. So Jesus is really confirming his deity at this time.
Um, understand this, that, that when Jesus makes this statement, it's invitational. And many times we would look at that as an excluding statement, but really Jesus is saying, listen, I'm the door. I'm the way to get in. Come through me. I want, I've provided a place in the family for you. I'm the, I'm the way to the father, but I am also the way of the father. See, Jesus provided the way to the father so that we could learn the truth of the Father and experience the life of the Father. So it's the way to the Father, but it's also the way of the Father. It's the truth to the Father, but it's also the truth of the Father. Everything that we know about God needs to be looked through the lens of Jesus. Jesus shows us what the Father is like in that we see his ways. We see his ways. And, uh, you know, Corinthians says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says that, you know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. And many people have used that to say we can't know God's ways. But it says this, that he has revealed it by his spirit in verse 10, even the deep things of God. And so he came to reveal the Father's ways. This is what Jesus brought us into. He came to reveal that God is good. Uh, Psalm one nineteen sixty eight says this, that you are good. Speaking of the heavenly Father, David saying this, you are good and you do only good. Everything God does is good. Now, you might not think it's good, but everything that God does is good. He is good. And then we also see, so we see his ways. We also see his, his truth. So the truth that we know about the Father should all go through the lens of looking through Jesus Christ. So in third of all, we experience the life of of the Father, and we know that Jesus came that we might have life, that we may have life more abundantly. Beloved, enjoy the life of the Father. Enjoy your position in the family of God. Jesus paid a very high price for you to be in connection, in relationship with your heavenly Father. Hey, just want to encourage you guys, just remind you that you belong, that you have a belonging in this family. Uh, that you never have to be alone. You've got brothers and sisters. You've got people like me in that family. And uh, I've got people like you. And so I'm blessed because of that. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week.